After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between, if you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, chasing bear. On this episode, the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast, we're, we're taking it back a notch and we are talking about the basics of bear hunting. So this conversation that I have with my good friend James Brandenburg and Colby is is speaking to a crowd or a person that it's as if they know nothing about bear hunting. So we talk about where bears are, how you hunt them, how you locate places to hunt, the ways in which you hunt them, and just kind of go down to some of the very foundational basics of bear hunting. So if you're new to bear hunting or you know somebody that's new to bear hunting and they want to they want to learn more, but some of the stuff is maybe over their head, this is a good podcast for them. Check it out. I want to bring your attention to the southeast chapter of the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is an organization that's designed to keep public lands in public hands and keep those lands open to hunters and fishermen. The, the southeast chapter encompasses Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and I believe South Carolina and Florida. And there's a big group of us in this part of the country that are, that are interested in public land-related issues. I encourage you to check out Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and if you... So there's just one organization, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. But if you're from one of those states and you become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, you become a part of the Southeast chapter. Um, so check out Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and you're going to hear more about them on this podcast. 
Also want to talk about our good buddies over at the Western Bear Foundation based out of Cody, Wyoming. These guys, just this week, they were in Idaho giving away free bear spray to hunters and hikers. They're doing a lot of good things out west where there is a lot of bear conflict, human conflict, and it's where a lot of the controversy is over the delisting of the grizzly bears. And hey, these guys are hunters, and they're also wanting to keep bears on the landscape by giving hunters and hikers bear spray so that uh, people can protect themselves. And uh, they're just doing some good stuff. They're a membership-driven nonprofit organization. Joe Condellis has been on the podcast before, and I highly recommend that you become a member of the Western Bear Foundation. We're at the Bear Honey Magazine Global Headquarters, and we have a we're going to have a fun conversation today. I've got with me in the office. Colby the Bear Tech Moorhead. <laughs> and we've got James Brandenburg back Woo-hoo. with us. Uh, James was on the podcast with us on episode 34, which was about 10 podcasts ago. We've that's, been pumping them out. That's pretty crazy. So it's been, it's, I guess it's been about 10 weeks ago then, because we've been producing the podcast every week. Where has the time gone? Where has it gone? But yeah, James is with us, and James is the, is the chair of the Arkansas BHA. Yep. That's that right? State chair for State Arkansas. State chair for yeah. Arkansas. For the Southeast chapter. Dang, <laughs> I didn't say it right at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a card. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I should have took some notes, but... Uh, That's all right. No, nah, so last time when you were on, we talked about uh, what was going on in Arkansas, the Southeast chapter, and kind of what was going on. Yep. So we... Uh, man, a lot's going on. Yeah, yeah. We've got, um, just coming up this fall, we've got some really exciting things going on just here in Arkansas, which I can specifically talk about. You've heard of the, the World Champion Squirrel Cook-Off. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know that that needs any more promotion, but, yeah. you know, we will we will be there as part of an initiative that's yeah. getting started here in the state to try to recruit some new hunters. We're going to have a few teams involved up there, you know, bringing their own renditions of squirrel. We're going to have a little get-together at, at my place before that to just welcome everybody in. Yeah. And then... Um, I'm, I'm going to be there, man. Uh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with. Yeah. We've I've got never a, been. we got a few things cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. We've also got some other stuff coming up later in the fall that, that we're not quite ready to announce yet for Arkansas, but we've got, got some, some bigger fundraising ideas coming up and then man we are seriously looking for people uh we are interviewing people for leadership positions okay for here in arkansas okay. so uh that's what's going on right now right on well i want to let you know i did change my address so i am getting those now that's awesome i'm not still a texas member of the VHA. all right <laughs> so you're, you're an arkansas chapter member now yeah i think i think i'm officially in arkansas now because i joined the bha chapter Driver's okay. license doesn't. Okay. Now, nah, man, you got a driver's license. You got to train a mule, train a squirrel dog. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things you got to do I before you're officially in Arkansas. I bought a mule. I'm on my way. Okay, you're right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Colby's a mule owner. Okay, yeah. Oh well, man, well, I'm changing. I, you're you're getting there. Yeah, jumping getting it with there. both feet. Getting all integrated. Yeah. I like it. Integrated. I like it. Hey, let's go ahead and. Uh, well, I'll, I'll introduce our topic at hand. We wanted to we wanted to have a conversation that somebody could listen to 
and basically go from zero to pretty informed about how to start bear hunting. Yep. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about on this podcast, is we're going to try to cover as much as we possibly can of some things that a lot of guys might just take for granted that is kind of a knowledge base of bear hunting. So we're going to answer some really fundamental questions. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in getting into bear hunting, this would be this would be a good starter point for you. I hope so. I'm going to play the role of the guy who doesn't know anything because, you know, that's what Why I know. Why are you so good at that? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know that I'm the right one to answer that, but I, it's, maybe it's because I don't know. No, anything. man, you, 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 uh, no, you, you got a, you, you came up with some great questions, and that's what I asked James to do. That's why he's here. Is like I said, sometimes if you, when you've been doing something, you take for granted some of the more simple questions. And you know, in Bear Hunting Magazine, I, I want to get better at answering some of the fundamental questions because typically if i'm honest i'm i'm catering content towards experienced hunters Mm -hmm. i mean you know you're trying to get because that's the guy that's subscribed to your magazine that's right yeah so it makes a lot of sense you you want to give him something new and so you're diving into this like maybe deeper stuff but at the same time we want we want to recruit guys to you know just into into bear hunting we want them to see the the what they can do with bear meat what they can do with uh you know where they can hunt bears how they can hunt bears how they can enter in that it's not that big a deal from hunting deer or even hunting small game honestly i think sometimes people are pretty intimidated mm-hmm. by the idea of bringing down this big animal and then what do i do mm-hmm. and uh yeah with just a little bit of preparation a little bit of knowledge it's it's really not that much different than killing a deer um and so we'll talk about that but uh, before we get much further than that, let's talk about the live Facebook se- Facebook live session that yep. we're going to have on August 29th. Thursday, August 29th, we're going to at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BHA Southeast Chapter Facebook group page. Yep, exactly. W- James and I are going to be having a question and answer session where you can you've got to be a member of the group though yep. so that's that's the that's the ask right now if, if you want to be a part of the the question and answer session you've got to go request to be a member of the backcountry hunters and anglers southeast chapter group on facebook yep yep that's exactly it which costs no money we'd love yeah. you to be a member of bha but um you know all you have to do is request to be a member of that group and and look like you belong there and yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get on there and answer questions. We've done this a little bit for what we call our Western Hunt series. So if a guy's getting ready to go um, out to Wyoming for antelope, let's say, or um, we got a guy on his way to hunt doll sheep mm-hmm. right now, yeah, and uh, and he's done some stuff on there in that regard, just trying to educate people on things that maybe aren't as common down here yeah. in the southeast yeah. and, and get them up to speed as quick as we can and just create a that same type of camaraderie where you know hey i'm new to hunting or i'm new to this subject and ask your questions in a in a place where somebody's wants to answer answer them yeah and that's yeah, what yeah. we're doing yeah yeah just right really on. good interest pa- uh, entrance pathways mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah try to break down some of those barriers to entry yeah when it comes to bear hunting um so, 
That's, again, Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. August 29th. August 29th. Thursday, August 29th. And, uh, yeah, you'll just be able to come to that page, and you'll see James and I sitting here at the Global Headquarters, and we'll just answer questions. Yep. Stupid questions, good questions, any questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're both <laughs> married. No so stupid we stupid questions, we, guys. We don't need any marriage proposals or anything like that, which I know that we might get, you know, just being – yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. generally, uh, you know, face for radio kind of guys, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, so that that'll be fun. We'll do that, and um, yeah, so let's just jump right in. All right, jump right into our question. I, I'll start us off with the first okay. question, which is, where are bears at? Yep, black yep. bears. So if you're, let's say, you're in Indiana or you're in Alabama or you're in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're like, man, I want to be a bear hunter, and that's a good thing to think. Uh, where are bears at? Bears are. I just asked that question. I'll answer the question, gentlemen. Now, <laughs> that's good. Bear, I was bears, hoping you weren't asking uh, me. Where are bears at? <laughs> well, y'all know bears are in the woods, in the and woods. we know what they do in the woods. Yep. <laughs> bears. Bears are. Bears range from all the way from the eastern United States and the Appalachian Mountains all the way up into Canada, all of the eastern deciduous forest. Um, naturally, b- before pre-settlement, let me just say, they were they're in the east. They're also in the Rocky Mountain West, all the way to the Pacific Ocean. Bears naturally were in Texas and Louisiana and Arkansas and all the mid south, and the bears are obviously in all the Canadian provinces in Alaska. And we're talking about black bears. So historical range of the black bear covered almost all of the, yeah, North American continent. Mm. I mean, except where glaciers were, except where there was massive snowpack way north. And so today, the main states where people are bear hunting, and 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 we'll start in the southeast. You can bear hunt in Arkansas with an over-the-counter tag. Mm -hmm. You can bear hunt in southeast Oklahoma with an over-the-counter tag. You can bear hunt in Georgia with an over-the-counter tag. North Carolina, Tennessee, South Carolina. Uh, there is a limited bear hunt in Kentucky. So that kind of covers like that. Those are the states and places that have bears right now. Well, and then as you continue to move up the East Coast, all of those states on the East Coast have bears. Okay. West Virginia, Virginia, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is one of the biggest bear hunting states in the country. Okay. Um, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, all those states up there through there have bear seeds. Some of the smaller states like Connecticut and stuff, I, to be honest with you, I'm not certain on the, they definitely have bears in those places. I'm not certain on the hunting. They're such small states. It's, you know, there's better places to go on a bear hunt, but so that's where bears are. And then bears are in the West, almost all the Western states. I mean, Nevada, Utah, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, California, Washington, Utah. I already said Utah. Uh, Oregon. All the Western states, New Mexico, Arizona. All those states are going to have bears. And almost all of them have, uh, well, all those states have bear seasons. Every single one of them. Now, do you have to draw for any of those places that you've just mentioned? All the East Coast states, no draws. All those would be over-the-counter for black bear. Okay. In the West, there are draws. Uh, like Utah and Nevada would have pretty limited hunts. 
Um, but all those other places are, let me just say, there are over-the-counter tags available. Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Washington, Oregon. There are over-the-counter tags available. In Washington and Oregon, there are some draw hunts. But the three big states where people are just getting in their truck and going spring bear hunting are, well, the two big ones would be Montana and Idaho. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the place to go yeah. for western bear hunting. Okay. Um, prep your and, legs. Uh, yeah, prep your legs. But so in the, mid, in the mid-south, the only places where there's huntable bear populations right now are Arkansas and Oklahoma. If you just looked at the big the big picture um so the east coast arkansas and oklahoma the east and then i can't say talk about bears without the great lake states yep. uh wisconsin minnesota michigan big bear states i mean there that is also a major hub for bear hunting you okay. can run in most of those states you can hunt over bait well all those states you can hunt over bait wisconsin and michigan you can hunt with hounds so that's where bears are Okay. Any questions on that? Thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it sounds like they're pretty much everywhere. So, I mean. You're within five or six hours of somewhere you can bear hunt in most any place in the U.S. Okay. That's a pretty, and I'm just pulling that out of the cuff, but I think that's probably pretty true. That sounds about right. I mean, based on everywhere that you just named, you're pretty close to. I mean, if you're in St. Louis, Missouri. Man, you can drive to Arkansas in five hours, or you can drive to West Virginia going the other way and being over-counter bear tag. So if I'm a guy who says, look, I I like to hunt whitetail, but I'm looking for a little bit more adventure, you know, what's another animal that I can, I don't have to draw for, Yeah. or, um, you know, I want to get out on some public land somewhere or, you know, get someplace rugged. Black bear hunting would be a pretty viable option because tags are available, the animals are there. Yep. And and it's a season, you know. Tags are relatively cheap. Okay. Yep. I mean, for over the counter tag as as over the counter tags go okay. as compared to elk and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the highest the two highest priced over the counter tags in the country are California and Oklahoma and that's like a $500 tag. Mm. Which and, is still not bad. Yeah. Well, and and those are your you know those are those are high price tags. I mean, in Montana, I think we paid uh, two eighty six or something. something like that, yeah. yeah, like two hundred eighty bucks. Uh, hunted hunt, hunted in uh, Tennessee a couple years and paid in the two hundred and fifty dollar range for a non resident tag. So yeah. usually under three hundred, you can get a bear tag. In Arkansas, if you're a non resident, came here three fifty. Three fifty for the whole license. You get yeah, in a lot of these southeastern states and and over in the west excuse me in the east you're getting deer tags along with your bear tags all right like for instance in uh like a georgia sportsman's license is like un- let's just say it's under 300 dollars. man you can hunt bear deer and i'm pretty sure turkey that's the way it is in arkansas mm-hmm. non-resident get a non-resident sportsman's license you can hunt all those so that's what's cool about a southeastern bear hunt or eastern bear hunt is usually you're getting some other kind of tag with an overlapping season. Okay. So you might kill a deer too. All right. Well, so you've drawn a very large map. Yeah. I mean, the next question is, all right, I'm going to go to Georgia. We won't pick on Arkansas since we're here. Don't come here. No bears We're going to go to Georgia and, and hunt bears or, you know, name the state. It doesn't matter. What am I, what am I looking for? 
Yeah. You know, I, if I know if I'm a decent deer hunter and I know where to look for deer, how do well, I never the, see any bears when I'm out deer hunting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, a good that, question. I'm sure, you know, some people do, but. Yeah. Well, the, the, the first thing to do with any state would be to find where the bear zones are and where they have a bear season. Because in every state that most states are going to have parts of the state that could be closed to bear hunting. And that's okay. common even in states with lots of bears. Uh, like in Arkansas, you know, the Arkansas Delta is pretty much not closed to bear. So wherever there is a bear season, you can conclude that they have bears You mean there. not open to bear? In the not Delta. open to bear. Yeah. Wherever there, I'm not sure what I said. I don't remember what I said. But there are parts of these states that are not open to bear hunting. Yep. Parts that are. So you're going to want to hunt in the parts that are, guys. That's uh, the best way to avoid, you know, doing something wrong. Yeah, or just finding a bear. Yeah. But so with just a five-minute internet search, you can find out where bears are, just like a general region of the state. Like in Georgia, it would be northern Georgia. I mean, that's where they have big blocks of national forest. That's where that's just where their bears are. You could, I mean, you could go to a forum, you could go to a Facebook group, and you could just type in where are bears in Georgia, mm -hmm. and I guarantee that it would pop up, and you would see maps of, you know, it might be a game and fish map that shows the different bear zones. From there, I would look for the biggest blocks of national forests that you could find. Pretty much anywhere that there is big, healthy populations of bears, you're going to find big blocks of public land. Okay. It's true. Um, you know, the so in the Appalachian Mountains, uh, all that, I mean, the bear, the, the hub of bear habitat in the east is going to be public land. Yeah. The hub of bear habitat in Arkansas, Oklahoma, and southern Missouri is public land. The hub of bear habitat in the west is public land so that's the cool thing is that you know if you're hunting whitetail you know you're going to be looking for private land to have the best chance not necessarily so with a bear because these bears are looking for vast unfragmented wilderness not wilderness with a capital w as in federal wilderness but wilderness in a more generic term just a like wild places forested you know forested just wild places yeah yep. and so that's what that's the phrase that could describe where a bear wants to be. Large blocks of unfragmented wilderness. So okay. that's going to be national forest. Okay. And so pretty much wherever you're going, you could, you could pretty quickly find a region that would be good. And from that region, you're going to need to, I mean, you could call a biologist. I mean, you, you, there's so much resource available. I mean, one call to a regional biologist of that state would get you all kind of answers. When I hunted in Georgia, go ahead, James. Well, what I was going to say is along those same lines, do do you know if the state game agencies publish that kind of information, like the scientific research that they're doing that says the bears are more prevalent here Absolutely. or there or what type of habitat they like in their state? You have to filter through their reports. They don't ever just have like – I mean, I don't <laughs> – like Arkansas doesn't just put out a thing that says – you know, best place to hunt bears in Arkansas. Yeah. Even though they, they want to give you that information, it's not hidden, mm -hmm. but they give harvest reports. Okay. Almost every state is going to have harvest reports. And that'd be a good thing to search. Harvest reports for black bear in Georgia. Harvest reports for black bear in West Virginia. You know, and you would, you would find, oh man, these counties had the highest harvest. And that's absolutely where I would start. Okay. That, and that's a good that's try, a good tip. And then maybe try to zero in from there on specific places that you might like to go as a hunter 
for whatever reason, you know, everybody has their different criteria, but then maybe you could build a list of questions or things that you want to talk to the biologist about and then make a phone call where you have some specific things to ask them. And it's right. not just like, Hey, I'm coming to West Virginia. And yeah, yeah. Where can I go hunt a bear? Yeah. 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 And in, inside of those websites that, that harvest data, they'll show you like the age class and like the breakdown of what sex was harvested and what zone and all of that, at least from the research that I've done in the past. Okay. So There's a lot of stuff available as you, as you want. You can break yeah. it. You can really dive deep inside of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would say to make a short tip, go to the counties, start in the counties with the highest harvest. That's usually going to be the densest populations. Now, there could be sleeper sleeper counties that aren't near metropolitan areas. Sometimes where there's big population hubs, there'll be more harvest in those counties around that just because more people are hunting. But typically, like in Arkansas, that's not true. Highest counties for bear harvests would be the places where there's the most bear yeah okay yeah so yeah that's good all right so where do we go from here james well so now i'm a hungry bear i'm gonna assume that so let's say you found where you're gonna go yeah you've decided i'm going to x county into x national forest on these dates yep well maybe we'll talk about dates oh yeah let's talk about dates first because i need to know when to go when to go well okay so we we talked about that in the in the lower 48, there are a handful of states that have a spring bear season. Okay. So uh, Montana has a spring bear season. Idaho, Wyoming. Oh, man. A couple others. Uh, but they're, they're limited. Those are the main ones. So we're going to primarily talk about fall. It's okay. fall time. So we're not really talking about spring hunting, even though there definitely are spring seasons that you can go to. In the fall, most most fall seasons for bear are starting in September. Okay. The Georgia season, I think, opens like the second Saturday of September. Um, Tennessee seasons may not open till October. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be that September-October range. Arkansas season opens the fourth Saturday of, of September. Okay. So this year is September the 28th. Does, do the season openings kind of follow the way they typically do with whitetail, where you're going to have archery first? Yeah. And then... Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So the the uh, every state that I know of, the first available season is an archery season. Okay. And uh, and usually, especially in the southeast, it co- coincides with the deer seasons. Okay. So Arkansas deer season opens with Arkansas bear season. Uh, I know it's the same way in Georgia. Okay. Um, so that time frame is a great time frame to take a bear. I mean, it's probably like prime time, I would say, would be September, early October to okay. harvest a bear. And, and why and, is that? Well, so bears, during the summertime, it's kind of a season of plenty for them. They've got vegetation. They've got a, a vast resource of berries. They, uh, I mean, it's kind of like, the good, the good you know, old like the days. buffet is wide open yeah. and it's all you can eat. Yeah. Okay. So as as the fall creeps in, bears start to hone in their ranges, and they start to their home ranges actually start to shrink significantly, and they begin to hone into their fall ranges, and then they key in on food sources in those fall ranges, which are going to be less than the summer food ranges in terms of options, and so and for now we're just going to stick with the southeast. Okay. 
would be acorns and hickory nuts primarily and beech nuts in some places. What kind Hard of Hard ac- mass. What kind of acorns? Do they have a preference? Yeah, the, they do. I mean, just like in in generic terms, you would say white oak acorns would be every critter's favorite acorn okay. in this part of the world. Wherever there's white oaks, white oak is the preferred food source. Okay. Now, in the west in the fall, you're going to be hunting berries. Like in Montana, they don't really have, they're not having this big hard mast. And that's the terminology that you would use, hard mast. Mm-hmm. So hard mast would include acorns, beech nuts, and hickory nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bear, he'll he'll chomp hickory nuts just like a squirrel. Uh, but he would prefer an acorn. And he would, and of acorns, he'll eat a red oak acorn all day long, but he would prefer a white oak acorn. Okay. You know, so that's that's your ideal food source during that time um and so in the fall what's cool is as the bears hone down their ranges and if you can find that preferred food source that has food on it because just because you have a white oak tree in your where you're hunting doesn't mean that there's going to be acorns there right and it doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be a bear there right i mean it, it doesn't you could so you have to cover a lot of ground in areas that you know, okay, there's white oak ridges in here. There's a lot of white oaks. And you would know that just by going there. You would know that by talking to a biologist. You would know that by having some familiarity with the area. That, man, this ridge top has white oaks on it. I'm going to walk this ridge top, and I'm going to be looking for... Well, I don't want to tell what we're going to be looking for. Is that answer your question about yeah. what they're eating? Yeah. I mean, in the fall, that you're, you're totally concentrating on hard mass. Yeah. And potentially water. That okay. most of the time water is not the limiting resource. All right. So there's water everywhere most of the time. But what, how much? What kind of water do they need? Man, they don't care. They. I, I, I mean, mean, honestly, I think they just assume drink out of a mud hole as they would a clear, beautiful stream. So even like a. I mean, are we talking about there needs to be a trickle in the stream or a seep out of a rock is enough? S- absolutely. Okay. I mean, like, so that so that's I mean that could be anywhere then. I mean that's right. And so it, that's usually why you wouldn't key on on water. Okay. But I've killed bears over water and it was because it was super dry and maybe there was well where I'm talking about was like a forest service pond. Okay. Uh, that you know that and those are common in a lot of places where there's big national forests where they make wildlife ponds that hold water. And uh you know, if you found bear sign on a pond, I mean put a trail camera up or you know sit it i mean they, they could be coming in there but if it's if it's been raining a ton not going to be a limiting factor okay so okay so yeah. i've got out of that little discussion right there i've got three different ways to go so let's um let's talk about the range okay. so you said they start to limit their range down in the fall and so how big of a range do they have well so if when you talk about an animal's home range, you talk about the furthest points that it ever travels in a given year okay. or some time frame. It's life. So I've seen uh, maps that have data points of collared bears, and this is the way it looks, James. Is there'll be this cluster of points, like right in the somewhere in the center, mm-hmm. you know, it, keyed in on some topographic feature. Like maybe it's two or three drainage basins that come together. And it's like, it's just covered with data points. And then out from that core, there'll be 
So little forays out into other places. Yes. Okay. And so that bear's home range might actually encompass, if it's a female, it might encompass 8 to 10 square miles. Okay. So there'd be dots in a square 8 to 10 square miles. A male could be much bigger than that. Okay. I mean, like, on average, though, probably 20 to 30 square miles. So, So is a male bear, I mean... We got so many different threads to pull on now all of a sudden. No, but is a, is a male bear going to be more nomadic Absolutely. just in general? He's, he could be here today, and he could be a county over tomorrow? Well, it's not, not – nope. His, his spread all has to do with breeding, okay. which is not taking place in the fall. Right. So it's kind of irre- you know, irrelevant information okay. that, a, that a male bear would have this massive home range – because that all has to do with breeding, which is taking place during the summer. Okay. So the fall, and that's a good point for somebody that doesn't, that's new to bear hunting, is that the we're so used to hunting ungulates in the fall that are influenced by the breeding season, the mm-hmm. rut, the elk rut, moose rut, deer rut, you know, yep, everything rut. Well, in the fall, bears aren't breeding at all. They're, all they're thinking about is food. That's okay. All they think about. So then, so then that makes the first point: find the food. That much more important. That that is the whole story. Okay, we can end the podcast now. Well, find the food. Well, we found the food, but another thread we need to pull on then is you said we need to find bear sign. Yes. So tell yes. me, what does that look like? Well, so let me let me go back to the fall range though, because that was a great question. Okay, and this helps. I think the more people understand bear, the more confidence you have when you're going into it. Okay. You know? So is that you bears have this core and and most of those dots on that core are probably taking place in the fall because that's they hone their range down to this place they really want to be okay you know and uh and when you find when you find that a lot of times that's really good bear habitat and there'll be a lot of core bear areas that are overlapped on top of each other okay so like so you find a spot where there might be multiple bears in that like, area. Yeah, like all these ranges that are different ranges, but they overlap in like these certain berry areas, which might be remote, don't have much human intrusion. They might be food rich. It might just be a, a, a ridge that is just full of white oaks and has, I mean, just for whatever reason, is just good bear habitat. Um, and so... That's what you're looking for, but you don't know where a bear home range is. I mean, you just walk out there and you're looking for bear sign. Mm-hmm. That, that's what you're looking for, right? You're looking for bear sign, um, and you're looking for scat number one. Okay. I mean, that is. It sounds so silly, and but man, if I could do one thing in bear hunting, if you could say Clay, you can only with your eyes, you can only see one bit of sign i wouldn't i wouldn't care about tracks i wouldn't care about trails i wouldn't care about scratches on trees i wouldn't care about broken limbs and trees where they're breaking down acorns and we're going to talk about all these things okay i would want to find fresh bear scat when i try to simplify my philosophy for hunting bears in the fall is i want to walk until i find fresh bear scat okay so I mean, everybody can Google, what does that look like? So, you know, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Right. But, you know, a guy walks around in the woods. He's out in the middle of nowhere. And 
you don't have a cell phone signal, you come across a pile of something, you're like, what is that? So There's, are there distinguishing characteristics that's a good question. other than the amount of it? Okay. So or maybe that is the distinguishing characteristic. A bear's scat is going to be quite variable based upon what he's going to eat. But for the most part, it's going to be bigger than anything in the woods around him. Okay. Like if you and so most canine scat is tubular. Mm-hmm. I mean, like fox, coyote. I mean, those are the main things that we would have. You're not going to see wolf scat down here. It's going to be super tubular. It's probably going to have hair in it because they're predators and they're eating stuff with hair. Bear scat is going to be much bigger. It can be tubular, and that's where it's kind of can go either way. I mean, you could have a pile of bear scat that look like a cow pie. Okay, right. just a big plop. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or you could have bear scat that was very tubular. Okay. I think it's a good discussion. Yeah. We got we to do it. Yeah. Uh, I have people send me pictures of what they're asking. Is this bear Is this bear scat all the time? Yeah. And uh, usually if you have to ask, it's it may not be because it's uh, – a lot of times it's coyote or something, but – it's just like when you see it, you know it. Uh, yeah, that there's was nothing else. Animal. There's okay. nothing else. I mean, the only other competing animals would be coyote. I mean, what other big animal do we have? I mean, all the ungulates that we would have, which, I mean, primary would just be deer around mm-hmm. here or out yep. west would be elk and moose too. They're going to have pellets. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing else that's leaving, unless you're in mountain lion country. And I couldn't even tell you what mountain lion scat looked like, so... Don't worry about it. If you find mountain lion scat, you've just like won the lottery. So good for you. <laughs> but, uh, okay. but so yeah, I don't I don't think they're gonna have much trouble. But I mean, it's just big. It's big. It's big. Gotcha. <laughs> Can you I'm, break down the the diet of a bear like throughout the whole year, like a percentage of blocks of what they eat? Well, so a bear eats our bears in Arkansas. The studies and and this would reflect a lot of other places they eat 85 percent plant matter and 15 percent animal matter and of that 15 percent like a very high percentage of that is insects okay so bears are bears are they're eating lots of plant and by plant matter that would be berries that would be grass in the spring it would be acorns hickory nuts beech nuts it would be prickly pear cactus in arizona and new mexico i mean like plant matter okay and then 15 percent would be protein animal matter which they will catch deer fawns they will a hungry bear would probably eat on the carcass of a deer if it found it i mean a full-grown carcass Mm -hmm. but they're rolling logs they're digging rocks eating insects so okay yeah all right yeah so that's so that's the number one sign yeah, that we're looking for because what you else can is tell there? you can what you can tell so much from a pile of scat. Of, yeah, it makes freshness. total sense. I mean, like because you see a, a a track. Like honestly, most places you're not going to see bear track. I mean, you you only see bear tracks where the ground's wet or where the ground's really dry and bare. I mean, you're not going to really see bear tracks in the leaves. So if you walk up here, I mean, you're going to walk a long time in Arkansas before you find a bear track. Okay. So I'm not really looking for that. Okay. Uh, and if you see a bear track, it's hard to tell really how old it is. But man, bear scat with any with any understanding of how something wet and mushy interacts with hot weather, you can tell <laughs> if it's got a crust on top of it. It's it's a day old. If it's hard and crumbly, it's so old it's irrelevant. Okay. If it is smoking hot, 
and just no crust saw i mean you know you you you, you got to learn how to analyze mm-hmm. animal scat yeah. to turn to test test its freshness and yeah. uh there's a big difference between a four or five day old pile of scat and a pile of scat that was made this morning mm-hmm. and that's exciting sign for me to find when i find a smoking hot pile of bear scat you can kill that bear for real so then it's get your eyes open and start looking well then so so objective number one is find a bear <laughs> you know yes i mean like and then you go into step number two hunt the bear hunt the bear okay yeah and and you might do it all in one step which i've done that and it's it been successful i mean just like scouting find sign and in the same block of time see a bear and kill it that's very possible a more likely scenario would be that you go man this is a nice looking ridge i'm going to walk two and a half miles down that drainage and make a big loop and come back out to the truck and you go off down in there and dang there's some fresh bear sign and and you might see bear trails we can talk about that but okay you find bear sign and it's 12 o'clock in the day and it's hot and you're not really prepared to sit there the whole day you know i mean at that point you start hunting that bear like you would a deer okay you would use the wind in your favor you you, because if he smells you you're done big time okay uh you would use the wind in your favor you would just analyze the sign and be like the bear seems to be using this side of the ridge more than that side so i'm gonna hunt this side i mean you know just just hunting yep and he's gonna be like a deer he's gonna use these areas morning and evening they're uh they're a uh, crepuscular i'm not saying that right how do you say that word corpuscular corpuscular i think that's how you say it okay i thought it was a cr crepuscular you might be right uh, it we're on track i think they know mornings what and evenings mornings and evenings. yeah twilight movers okay i mean totally so you would hunt them just like that morning hunt evening hunt that being said my most successful just like spot and stalk eastern hunting anyway has been going in scouting but prepared to hunt okay scout but prepare to stay all day that's what i always say and when i leave my truck in the morning to go scout it's like i may be back here in five hours because i didn't find anything but if i get up there and find something i'm not leaving and that's how i've killed several bears it's just going in with packing a little food packing the packing the bow packing what you need and you might just bump into a bear. Okay. It, because you don't want to, if it's season, you might as well be packing your yeah. your bow, even if you're doing some serious scouting, which you're going to have to do. So yeah. you, you got to cover the ground to find them. Okay. That was something I was going to ask. I mean, we'll, we'll come back to that. So so we've we've found an area that we want to hunt. What what do we talk about other bear sign, though? That's what I was just going to say. Okay. So, so – so tell me the other kind of bear signs. Yeah. So I found a found a steaming pile. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now what am I looking for? Well, so bears in the fall are are inside of a biological process they call hyperphagy, which is and we've talked about that a lot on the podcast where they have a fall feeding frenzy. Mm-hmm. They're getting ready to go to sleep for four months. They got to eat a bunch of groceries. They can forage for up to. And I've never seen this myself, but 
they say they can forage up for up to 20 hours a day. Wow. I mean, just, they're just eating, pounding, pounding. And so what I have found that the, the way that bears use food resource is they will just pound a resource until it's gone. I mean, and I don't know if that's really much different than deer, but like, let me just put it this way. If there's a ridge top that's got fresh bear scat, it might look like a, it might look like a zoo up there. I mean, it's like and, a cattle yard, maybe. Yeah, and so you're going to see bear trails, okay. and bear trails would just be padded out, wide areas in the leaves that you can discern that this is a game trail. It's going to be padded out. I mean, a deer trail is usually kind of narrow, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, you can tell a hoofed animal is what's been. A bear trail is going to be wider. It's going to be flatter. The leaves are going to just look like they're just mashed down by a flat pad. Okay. You know, and they're a bigger animal. You will also see places, in, and this is hard to visualize until you see it, but in certain places where the topography narrows down, bears will actually step in the same place over and that. over. I think I heard that before. On Like on Kodiak Island, you can see yeah. pictures where they, like coming around the rim of a point or something, where, I mean, literally there's holes in the ground a foot deep that look like bear tracks, and it's for thousands of years. Bears, when they come around that point, they put their feet in the same place. Well, on a micro scale, that will happen on top of that ridge top that they're pounding the food source. Okay. They're not going to do it everywhere, but if there's a reason, if, if they're like walking straight and they have to go around a rock, around that rock, you'll, find. Be, you'll find these little pads. And so you'll, you won't find it for like 50 yards. You'll find it for like five or six yards. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah, perfect sense. Yeah, so in, in that's a telltale sign of a bear for sure. Okay. But those trails will last for long periods of time. So just because you find that doesn't mean that you're finding smoking hot bear sign. You should probably look around then and see if there's still food available in that spot. If there's yeah. food there, then there's a good chance that there could be a bear coming to yep. that. Yep. Hopefully you didn't spook uh, it when uh, you walked uh, up. Hopefully what you find is you get up there and you're like, man, there's white oak acorns on the ground. There's white oak acorns in the trees. Oh, there's a pile of bear scat. You walk another 50 yards and you're like, oh man, look where they are going through this saddle. They're making a trail. I mean, once you're there, you're in the chips. Okay. And and this is this is encouraging to me because it's hard to find that spot. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, the reason guys aren't bear hunting so much is because they're tough to kill. They're yeah. tough to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that spot is out there. I mean, when I when I enter into the big woods looking for to go bear hunting, you know, there's these mind tricks that you play with yourself. And I'm like, you know, and I've found spots like that before. And I'm like, that spot's out there right now. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you just kind of look around. And you're like, it's that there's a bear pounding this mountain, coming to the same place every morning and evening. Right now, today. I just got to find it. Okay. And so you can, you can easily, uh, you know, chalk off areas. I mean, you walk atop of a ridge and you don't see much, don't go back there. Gotcha. Don't waste your time. Go somewhere else. You know, just keep. Well, they, I mean, obviously they can't be in every single spot at once, you know, eating every single acorn That's in the right. woods. So they're going to move around. Is there a way that they would go from, 
you know, earlier in the season till later in the season, they're going to be maybe earlier in the season, they're down on the, maybe they're on the North side where it's cooler or something like that, or they're closer to water or, yeah, I don't know. Is there I, stuff I like that? I don't think so. I see what you're saying. So if you, if you look at this, if you were looking at this huge mountain, maybe there's acorns all across the top of that mountain for mm. ten miles. In every single spot you pop onto, you're not going to find bears. Right. There's going to be certain places that you're going to find what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't. I think it's just. I don't know if it's, it's just what they find it's and just how it goes. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Yep. All right, so what else? Well, okay, so uh, in the early season in the southeast, and I guess as we talk about this, I keep talking about the southeast because it it is different. Bears are doing the same thing everywhere. We talked about this before, James. Mm -hmm. I mean, a bear in in Montana in the fall is doing the exact same thing as a bear in Arkansas, Georgia, Virginia, North Carolina in the fall. They're trying to stuff their bellies full of food. Okay. That's what they're trying to do. So, so if I went to Montana, I'm gonna. You I need be, to know what the food source is there. Yeah, and you'd be looking for blueberries. I mean, like Montana season wouldn't go very long into the fall because it gets so cold up there. You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think it probably just goes through the end of September or something. Okay, but I mean, yeah, you're looking for berries, and that bear's gonna be doing the same thing. He's gonna find a berry patch and he's gonna pound it until it's gone. Okay, so you got to find that berry patch. For 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 our analogies, we're we're gonna talk about white oak acorn ridges. Okay. Uh, Broken branches out of trees. Yep. That's a in the early season, bears will eat acorns before they fall. Okay. So there's a point in the fall when white oak acorns and acorns begin to fall on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, and typically that's when animals eat them. That's when deer eat acorns. That's because they, they fall can't get up there ground. and rip them deer off. Deer can't climb. A bear can climb a tree like a squirrel. Okay. And he will tiptoe like a ballerina out onto these branches and eat acorns off that tree like a wizard. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's amazing to to see it and to think that they can these big huge animals are doing this, but they do. And they'll they'll go out and break branches. I mean, and and this is not you just, if you find this, you've found something special, but they do this all the time. But again, it's not you're not just going to walk out and find it, but like the a ridge top that's just I mean, Every step you take, you're seeing broken branches, broken branches, broke. I mean, just branches as big as your thumb to even a little bit bigger, just snapped. Okay. And uh, that's early season, though, before the acorns are falling. So that would be pretty much during September. Usually by October, acorns are falling. Mm -hmm. Uh, So trails, broken branches, bare scat, rolled logs, which those are less relevant because you're going to find rolled logs for long periods of time afterwards but that does tell you that there's a bear in the area okay so you might see a rolled log in the fall don't set up your tree stand and hunt that thing gotcha if you find a rolled log with fresh bear scat then there's Maybe. two points of data but you know we could walk out just about anywhere and find old bear sign of rolled logs and rocks okay rolled rocks they're rolling rocks grubbing and looking for ants and stuff and uh the you can tell how old a rock roll is based upon the lichen on top of the rock. I mean, like if you look at uh, like this picture of James behind my bear here, all these rocks and those rocks are the lichen and moss is growing on those things in an equal way. Man, if one of those rocks gets flipped over, it looks like a neon sign mm-hmm. flashing on the side of that mountain. Yeah. Because that buried part of that rock all of a sudden is exposed 
And so you can go over there and get a pr- you can get a pretty good data point of how long ago it was that a bear was standing over that rock flipping it over. Okay. So, you know, that tells you there's at least a bear around. Okay. Um bears love to eat yellow jacket nests in the fall. Seems like I've heard that before too. They eat the heck out of them. You you don't even realize how many yellow jacket nests there are until you go walking through the woods and see where the bears are digging them up. I guess they're eating the larvae. I, I guess they, I've never studied it, but apparently the the larvae maybe overwinter because they're, they're larvae in the ground in the fall. Okay. I would assume that they overwinter and then come out in the spring, the wasp larvae or yellow jacket larvae mm-hmm. or whatever. They'll eat the heck out of them. I mean, they'll dig a hole. So. Okay. Okay. All right. So So we've got different kinds of sign to look for. Um, we've, we've found the sign. So we're, we're in the hot zone. All right. We came ready to hunt. We're using our best whitetail hunting tactics. So we're trying to avoid, you know, the wind and all that kind of stuff. Are we going to, are we going to sit on the ground? Do we need to get up a tree? Do we need to walk around? Hmm. All three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, it all depends upon the amount of concentration of sign and what, what weapon you're using. Um, if, you're, if, if I were using a muzzleloader, let's say there's a muzzleloader season and you found some hot bear sign. Man, with that longer distance weapon, you could sit back a little bit further. I mean, I usually find myself wanting to hunt off the ground when I have a muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't, now that I think about it, I rarely tree stand hunt in situations like that mm-hmm. bears are stalkable on the ground when they're eating okay they really are they uh, so if you if let's say you find this let's say you found a saddle a saddle would be a low spot on a ridge where animals cross that's got acorns it's got trails and it's got bear scat okay i mean i'd probably go in on the downwind side and you know, maybe build a little brush blind and just sit on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mainly to get a, I just feel like I'm locked in when I'm up in a tree. Oh, I do too. And <laughs> I hate hunting at for the tree same time. At the same time, though, you would be much more concealed with your scent and movement being in a tree. So mm-hmm. I, if it's just like ultra sign that is like in this 20 yard block, like, yeah, maybe you need to be in a tree stand. And you can find sign that that is that specific. Like, he's going to be right here. Or it might be more like there's just bears using this ridge top for this quarter mile section. Okay. That, and that's real likely. It's like just in this section, there's quite a bit of bear sign. So maybe you need to start, you know, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon with the wind in your face just slipping down. You know, timing your movement so that you'll finish about dark on the other side of that bear sign. Okay. Something like that. Okay. Because now if a bear is traveling just with his head up, just moving, I mean, he can see you just like me or you can see him. So how good are their eyesight? That was Well, their their eyesight is as good as they want it to be. They you know, biologically they see just about like us. They okay. can see color, they can see movement, they're very similar to us in their ability to see. But because they're an apex predator, they're easily distracted because they're not that afraid of stuff. Okay. And so what I've found is when they're feeding, 
you can slip right up to them. And, and Western spot and stalk guys would know that. But but even in the crunchy deciduous forest, you can stalk them a lot better than you think if they've got their head in a pile of acorns. Okay. And uh, you know you can get within bow range of them if the wind is right. Now if the wind is wrong, you're dead. You probably spooking bears that you never even saw. Okay. Or if they're in an area where there's grizzly, right? What don't do you they, mean? Don't doesn't a black bear act different in an area where there's a grizzly present? Well, th- there's a lot of speculation on that. I mean, historically, people would say, "Oh, you'll never see a black bear where you see a grizzly," but people do all the time. Yeah. They do act different. They're more spooky, mm-hmm. for sure. But the only place that would be happening in the lower 48 would just be in that Yellowstone region. So, yeah, not too. It wouldn't be something you, the very common to bounce into you know except just right out there but yeah they do act different okay so we're gonna we're gonna so you could slip you could tree stand hunt if the sign was ultra concentrated Mm -hmm. you could i call it slip hunting Mm -hmm. just where you just kind of slipping through or you could build a ground blind in a safe place and i wouldn't go set up a ground blind no i mean like a man-made ground blind yeah i mean a lot of people hunt out of those these days and yeah they're good for deer and turkeys and stuff but a bear would well i just wouldn't i don't think he'd tolerate it he'd come over and maybe chew it up you'd use it as bait to get him in your lap maybe (laughs) i think it would spook him at first okay and he'd come back in at night and tear it up (laughs) yeah yeah that makes sense yeah yeah okay so we've we've found found an area we want to hunt we know how we're going to go through there um we we had success let's go ahead let's go ahead and and we'll we'll skip the part where you've covered pretty well on other episodes you know how to where to shoot and and things like that you guys have talked about that that, yeah we do have some good podcasts about shot placement and stuff where we talk for an hour about just about shot placement yeah so 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 let's we've killed the bear we've killed the bear now what do I need to have in my pack, first of all? Yeah. Um, you know, this is my first time out there. I'm great at going out and, and taking care of deer. I can pack a deer out. Yeah. What do I need to have in my pack that's different than that for a bear? Right. Good question. I think that would be the biggest question that people maybe get stumped by or a little bit intimidated by. Of You've got this animal on the ground. It's usually pretty warm in the fall wherever you're at. So you may, you know, it's not like you're, it's a November, December hunt. So you got to take care of this animal relatively quickly and you got to get him out. Um, the thing is, is that most bears aren't over 200 pounds. I mean, if you kill a 500 pound bear, yeah, you got a chore on your hands. Most likely you're not going to kill a 500 pound bear. Okay. <laughs> most of the time you're going to kill an animal that's just a little bit bigger than a big deer. Okay. okay. So think about it like that. This really isn't much bigger than a deer. And... It's no different skinning a four-legged haired animal is the exact same no matter what animal it is. If you skin a squirrel, if you skin a deer, if you skin a bear, you're going to cut around his feet. Uh-huh. You're going to come down his arms. I mean, you're going to you're going to peel the hide off of that animal just the same as you would anything. Okay. I mean, and, and I'm simplifying it for the purpose of giving people confidence, but it's true. You're going to gut that animal just like a deer. And there's other resources that talk about how to field dress an animal. Okay? Yep, yep. But it's no big deal. Anybody can do it. Anybody okay. can do it that's got a good sharp knife. Um, so th- that's my short version is that it's just like 
in, anything else. A bear has four quarters. A bear has back straps. A bear has inner tenderloins. A bear has a rib cage. A bear has neck meat. A deer has all those same cuts. And, and all of that stuff is just as good to grab and, and get. I mean, you want yeah. all of that meat that you can yeah. get. Yeah, yeah. And to, in terms of equipment, you don't need anything different than you would if you were killing a whitetail back in there and trying to pack it out. Okay. And, and you know, a lot of situations, maybe you kill an animal close enough to the road that you can get it out whole. I mean, so let's just say you can get it in the back of your truck with a couple of buddies. And, I mean, you know, I more power to you. You can take it to a processor and have somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 lo- I think processing your own game field dressing it is a big part of it but you know let's just say there's a guy that that is you know if you can get it out whole you can you can take it let somebody else do it that's option that is an option Mm -hmm. um but uh and then if you get it out whole uh i like to skin a bear on the ground you'll never see me hang a bear in a tree to skin it okay i can skin a bear on the ground I, i i take pride in how fast i can skin one on the ground uh i don't like to hang them up I just, you just, I did that for the first time with a deer this past fall. Just always, you know, the way I learned it was always hanging. Right, right. And I kind of liked it better on the ground, actually. So I, I could see that just being easier. It's what you know. If that's what you know, then yeah. that's what you do. But yeah, um, yeah, I could see that just being easier to work at. You're not having, you're not having to worry about grabbing and it, it doing what to it have does. Another hand. Yeah. You know, for holding the bear, you know, you kind of got to get them rolled on their back and spread out and uh so it helps to have another hand but you know you just need a sharp knife that you can preferably resharpen i mean you know if i were just telling somebody what they would need i would say go get a uh havalon you know knife with replaceable scalpel blades get about two of those and you can skin all the bears in the country okay um but just a sharp knife potentially game bags if you're going to be hauling if you're killing an animal way back in, they're going to be hauling it out. You can use uh, uh, these white uh, cotton yeah. game bags that you take the quarters and yep. put the quarters in. Yeah. And then you can put those inside of a backpack. And you'd be surprised. A 200-pound bear, by the time you quarter it out, um, two guys could easily haul that out in one trip. Okay. Honestly, one guy could probably haul it out in one trip. Because you're not going to get 100 pounds of meat out of a 200-pound bear. Okay. Um, so it's Probably like 30 or 40% yield. Yeah. Depending and on whether you take bone, the bones or not. With bone, it would be a little bit more. I mean, because yeah. you're going to be car- carrying the hide out and skull out as well. Yeah. But you kill a 200-pound bear, you're going to be hauling out, you know, probably well, with a hide in the head, you know, you're going to be hauling out 100 pounds yeah. or more. But, you know, so two guys or two trips, if you're alone, two trips back in there, no okay. big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, and, and here's the biggest question, too, is that bear meat is excellent meat. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have who who really haven't used it very much would have had a, some kind of negative experience or heard negative things about bear meat. Man, bear meat is incredible. I mean, actually, the more I use it, the more I realize how good it is. Okay. Um, I recently just cooked straight up bear burgers just 100 percent ground bear meat put some montreal steak seasoning on the top and bottom pretty heavy mm-hmm. just seasoned up pretty good just because i like heavy season not to hide anything yep we had uh 
my wife's school, all the teachers came over, women teachers, most of them. They loved that bear meat. I'm not exaggerating. Two Twice in the last three weeks, we've had guests from, like, not hunters. They had no reason to like it, James. Okay. No re- They had no bias to like it. You know, so if you kill something, you want to like it. You know, so, like, it doesn't count. <laughs> it makes it more tasty for sure. It doesn't count if I'm like, bear meat's good, but, oh, it's it's good. Yeah. Good. It's Even though a bear is fatty, it, it's relatively lean meat as compared to beef. Even I mean, you know, you can mix in a lot of fat with it. But you would use red, bear, bear meat just like you would use any other red meat. Okay. Anything that you use red meat for, you would use it for bear. Okay. Or you would use bear the same way. So along those lines, and one of the things that I wanted to ask about was trichinella. Yep. So, you know, I think most people know, and they might even be some bias against that. It's like, okay, you know, we can't eat bear meat because it might give us trichinosis or whatever. Yep, yep. So talk me through that a little bit right. you know if, am i going to get it when i'm cleaning the bear or yeah. um you know what's so the situation you there? you treat bear meat as if it has it okay. just like you do pork i mean probably less so these days but when we were growing up mm-hmm. and kids even more so i mean it's like man watch out for pork that's yeah, the same today but basically they there is no more trichinella inside of uh, commercial swine right they kind of got rid of it just through good health practices and farming and stuff but bears are carrier carriers of trichinella it's easy trichinella dies at like 145 degrees the usda minimum meat temperature for chicken pork beef and everything else is 160 degrees I yeah think. so everything that we cook even if you don't know and you're cooking something on accident, I promise you, you're cooking it above 160 degrees. I mean, you're, that's like minimum internal temperature. Trichinella dies Before in that. the 140s. Mm-hmm. So it's super easy to kill by heat. Okay. Some trichinella is killed by freezing, but not all. So you can't count on that. Okay. So if you, if you freeze it, that doesn't count. Um, but, uh, yeah, you don't want to get trichinella. Yeah. It won't kill you. Trichinella won't it's, it wouldn't kill you, but you don't want to get it. Yeah. So that that is a concern. And you you if you just have just the smallest amount of precaution, it's a non issue. Okay. A non issue. You wear now, gl- you wear gloves when you're I've never wore a pair of gloves in my life when I skinned a bear. Okay. If you had a big cut on your finger and uh and Which I Which you have, can do with those Havilon knives pretty absolutely. easily. Absolutely. You know, I've had open cuts on my hands when I've skinned a bear, and I just washed the fire out of my hands afterwards. Mm-hmm. I would have done the same thing with a deer. I would have yep. done the same thing if I'd been skinning a turkey. I mean, you know, sometimes when you're hunting, yeah, you get skinned up and you gotta, you know, get a briar on you. And so, yeah, you just ha- you just take care of that cut and you'll be fine. But you could get it. You could get it from an open cut on your hand and then skinning a bear. Okay. You absolutely could. Can you? Is there? tests for it i mean can you send it off can you send a sample somewhere to get it tested i'm sure there is it's not common okay i mean this is the way i understand it is that pretty much every bear is going to have it okay i mean you just plan on it being there and respond accordingly in in the amount of trichinella cases in the u.s that people get from bear is minuscule i mean people do get it but it's always from some irresponsible scenario 
Okay. Uh, and, and there's there's good well known. I mean, you know, our friend Steve Ranella got yeah. Trichinella. It, yeah. it was. I mean, they were in the back country and just cooked this meat, and it was undercooked, and you know, I mean, that kind of stuff happens. And they all nobody died. They just got Trichinella. Yeah. So it's 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 really a non-issue with just a little bit of care. Okay. You know. Okay. Well, we've got our bear. We've got him on the ground. We've uh, what about as we close that? What what if we talked about uh, what to do with the hide? Oh yeah, that's okay. That, I did yeah. want to ask that because yeah. so you said well, you're going to carry the hide and the skull out. So you know, do you have to? I guess every state's going to be different on how you have to check it. That's right. So you'd always be- want to leave evidence of sex on any animal that you killed yep. if you had to butcher it in the backcountry. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'd leave That's evidence just of sex. Standard procedure. Yeah. Yep. So let's just say we can take the we can take the we've got the hide and the, and the skull out. So what are we going to do with it? Well, you're going to want to keep that hide and skull as cool as possible. It'll be. I'm just going to throw out some numbers here, but let's say it's 60 degrees when you kill the bear at five o'clock in the evening on a fall day. You don't retrieve the bear until. 10 o'clock that night um well let's let's say you don't retrieve the bear till the next morning okay. and it got down into the 50s you better skin that bear pretty quick the next day but it'd probably be fine okay um they a bear does go uh go bad a little bit quicker than an ungulate for whatever reason they will they'll 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 spoil a little bit quicker all right. But, you know, so if you leave one overnight, you you need to take care of it pretty quick. But the hide, you just want to keep it cool, and you'll take that hide off. I mean, that's for another – it's not even for a podcast. Watch some videos on how to cape a bear. We've got videos on how to cape a bear. Okay. Bear Hunting Magazine YouTube channel. Yep. Some of our vlogs. Um, So we maybe we'll find a link and put that in there, Colby. Uh, but – so you're going to take this hide out and – I don't know anybody that's tanning their own bear hides. Okay. You're going to take it to a taxidermist. Okay. And you're going to have them professionally tan it. Yep. And and, and the, the cheapest way to handle a bear hide is just to get it uh, buckskin tanned. Just take that thing in an ice chest or fro- you know, get it in a freezer as quick as possible. You're, going to want to, you're not going to want to ball it up and put it in a freezer. Okay. Because think about the insulation on that bear hide. Yeah. So the very inside of it, it's going to be days before yep. so a lot of bear hides get ruined by guys that ball up their bear hide and put it in a freezer and they think oh i'm good it's in the freezer well it's three days before the center of that thing gets frozen so it it, it it'll sour and yeah. it'll go rancid in the inside so kind of spread it out a little bit let it cool for about 30 40 minutes in that freezer and then before it freezes then ball it up Okay. So it's evenly cooled all the way across. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. And then just take it take it to a taxidermist and say I want a I want it buckskin tanned. And they'll charge you thirty dollars a foot or something for a five foot bear. It'll cost you I don't know two hundred fifty dollars or something. Okay. It, it'll be it'll end up being two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars. And then and you can mount the bear. You can do whatever you want with it. I mean, you could spend a lot of money on a bear. That's a big thing that I hear people say is like financial concerns with killing a bear. Yeah. But. You know, there's no laws that say you haven't even have to keep the hide. Okay. Like, that's not, I mean, the only regulation is that you keep the meat, you know. Of course. Wanton waste. waste or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, but I think everybody, if you kill a bear, man, you better you better tan a hide. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. You know, people can throw that dirty word around, but as hunters, we like to have keepsakes from what we kill. Heck yeah! You know, Be- man, bear hides are beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're they're great, great. They're beautiful, beautiful trophies. Oh, dang, we always say it. (laughs) Uh, Memory activators, rugs, keepsakes. Conversation starters. Oh, man. Tell me about that time. You you know what? I find a lot of non-hunters like bear bear hides. Yeah. I have a lot of people that that have been really interested in my bear hides, like wanting one. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. I mean, yeah. we talk about that in my house. My wife's not a hunter, and wouldn't a wouldn't a bearskin rug look good right here in front James, of the fireplace? Blah blah blah. I mean, she's almost bear, giving me dude. the permission to do it. Yeah, you I mean, not that I need bear. her permission to do that kind of stuff, but you know, it's almost like she's pushing you towards. Of, it. Yeah. Well, and she's not real keen on the, you know, the deer mounts that we have up there. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need to, you need to, you need to kill a bear. Well. I you, might could be you, able to help you. You're 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 educating me and bringing me along, and and uh, which I greatly appreciate. We've got to find time in my calendar. Yeah, that's the hard part to huh? to get out there, and that's just like anything in life. You know, you've got to find time in your calendar to go out yeah. and do the things that you love. Yeah, we well, all do. The cool thing about the state you live in is that you go on a deer bear hunt. You know, what I mean, so it's not you have not. I'm not going to say great chance of success on either one of those but it's fun to go on a combo hunt to yeah. me that's the funnest thing is to go in the big woods and just be ready for anything yeah man be ready for anything and, and a lot of t- and wherever the feed is that's where deer are going to be too yep so you could find deer in the same areas you're going to find mm-hmm. there you absolutely gotta can. do it yeah all right let's just put one more thing on that bucket list just one more man one more it's all right well all right We've okay, so we started from we didn't even know where bears were. Yep, and we went all the way to taking a hide to the taxidermist. That's how it's supposed to be done, right? That's the full gamut, right? In, in what an hour and ten minutes yeah. or so, you know, everybody should be well educated now. Yeah, no, this is good. Any other any other thoughts? You know, uh, the only other thing that I was going to say that I that I was going to ask you about was when we were. Well, we kind of talked about sight and smell and hearing was the other thing. Okay. So you kind of touched on that already. So I don't think we need to, to go too much into that. And and I was going to ask you, how do I know what kind of bear I want to shoot? I mean, how do I know if I want to shoot that bear? Okay. okay I, I found a bear, but do I want that bear? Okay. That's a that's going to be a maybe a subject for a different podcast. Well, but. Th- we have a podcast on judging black bears, yep. where we nerd out for a long time, hour and a half probably, talking about judging bears, and that's a good resource. It really is. Like yep. I almost want to go back and listen to it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because bears are hard to judge, but from a regulation standpoint, most states, you know, just you know, you're not supposed to shoot a sow with cubs. Okay. So that's general rule everywhere you're hunting bears is that you want to be able to look at a bear long enough to recognize if it's alone and it's and and if if she's got young cubs those cubs will be close okay i mean that's just general rule so you can't shoot a sow with cubs and uh and there's some regulations about weight in some places in arkansas there's not okay uh you know but uh you know 
and, and I don't even want to say because I can't remember, but I mean, there's some places where it's like you're not supposed to shoot a bear under 75 pounds or something. And, Which uh, that should be pretty obvious. Yeah, you're, mean, you're, if you see a bear that's about as big as a half-grown Labrador retriever, <laughs> you're not going to want to shoot it. Yeah. I might mistake it for a Labrador retriever. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man, I think we've, we've, we've hit the high points good. for sure. I think we've left some some things undiscussed or probably just scratched the surface in some areas, but that'll be the great place for people to come and ask us questions. Yeah, so remind them again of where we're going to be. All right, so we're going to be on Facebook uh, August 29th, 7 p.m. Central Time on the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Southeast Chapter Facebook page. That's right. So you just get on Facebook and search for Southeast Chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Yep. We'll pop right up. And um, if you're not a member of that particular page, then ask to join. And some of our generous page administrators will evaluate your requests and, and yeah. get that all set up so we can do that. And, you know, I guess people could even submit questions before then. We oh, could come yeah. loaded with some questions. And they could uh, they could email info at bear dash hunting dot com yep bear info at bear hyphen hunting dot com yep yep with if you had just some questions on your mind right away or instagram us or you know private messages on facebook or instagram there's a thousand ways but yeah if we came in preloaded with a couple of questions from this podcast that'd be good but yep no i I think sometimes people are intimidated by bear but here's something we got to say before we end are bears dangerous Oh, yeah, that was on my list, and I was like, meh. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, most people that are going to have been, have hunted much at all, are going to know that black bears are really just not that dangerous. I mean, you're not going to be walking out in the woods and a bear attack you. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But you did say that we're going to try to be quiet, and we're going to slip along. So if we're doing our job right and staying, staying downwind of them, there's always that chance that we could surprise one. And yeah. the worst one to surprise would be a sow with cubs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so real quick, what do we do in that situation? I mean, we're, let's cover it real quick. Run like a Girl Scout. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that you run faster than your buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you know, yeah, that is probably, you know, my good buddy Mo Shepard that we did a podcast with, Mo has actually been, I'm not going to say attacked, but. He had his bow chewed on by a bear that he was poking in the face. Uh, super rare situation. I mean, ultra rare, but it did happen like mm-hmm. 20 miles from here. He he was walking in the fall along a ridgetop, spooked two cubs, cubs of the year, you know, young, looked look like footballs, and they ran up a tree right beside him. You know, he just came up on them. Bam! They ran up a tree and started chattering and making noise. And then Mama just rushes in, sees Mo standing there, and she absolutely just like an attacking dog just comes in, woofing and popping. And and he was backpedaling and poking that bear in the nose with his recurve bow. And finally, you know, he just backed up and he was hollering and yelling and kicking. And I think he actually even kicked the bear. <laughs> Mo, we'll have to get. Mo, I I can't remember. I drew a picture of it ten years ago for oh, really? a magazine article that I did on it. Yeah, yeah. I've got a picture of Mo Shepherd <laughs> fighting a bear with his bow. Nice. That's a really rare situation. Okay. I mean, golly, if you see a sow with cubs, just duck your head and just get the 
heck out of it, just back out of there slowly or try to scare it. I mean, that would probably be my initial response. If a sow bear started charging me, I'd probably holler and scream at it and throw my arms. And I mean, she's good. She's not going to attack you. Okay. All right. <laughs> she did attack Mo though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but in general, there's no reason to be afraid of bears. Now, if you're out west and in grizzly bear country, that's another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But there's only, that's not, that's a whole other podcast. Grizzly bears are dangerous. Black bears are typically not. Okay. All right. Well. Cool. I think, I think we've covered the high points. Yeah. Left some, Good. left some ground to plow. All right. Well, we'll see everybody on uh, Thursday, the 29th. There are people that want to be involved. Colby, what yep. do we always say? You got to keep those wild places wild. Cause that's where the bears live. <laughs> that was I'm, a long pause there. Well, I'm trying. You to, waiting for me to finish? I'm trying to be. Well, yeah, but then I was trying to get my Brent, my Brent voice on. <laughs> Keep the wild places wild, because that's where the bears live. Right. Yeah. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire-charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold.